You are listening to the Talisha Talks podcast for women who conquer. I'm your host, coach, and life lover, Talisha Kim. It is my personal mission to help you live your best life, have radical joy, and turn perfectionism into purpose. In this podcast, you will explore the meaningful parts of your life, reinvent yourself, and turn your dream life into a reality. Yes, you really can have it all. Hello, it's Tanisha Kim, your emotional healing coach. Today, I am bringing on an incredible woman who is a healer of both humans and horses. I am so excited for you to get to know Celeste Leilani. She is a woman who conquers. I love being able to share with you women who push through all that is meant to hold them back. And Celeste is one of those women. We crossed paths a couple of years ago online, and I am just oh so grateful for her soothing, inspiring, and healing presence that she brings. I just know that you're going to walk away today feeling so inspired. Celeste, thank you for being on here today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. This is going to be amazing. So please tell us more about you and what you do. Oh, I always feel like it's a loaded question. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> um, it's, it's a super loaded question. I am, I mean, first and foremost, I think you kind of hit it. It's, I think when we've been doing this long enough, like the first thing that comes to mind is a healer. Um, and so I think that that's the main one. So I'm a healer. I'm a mother and a wife. I'm a mother of two very feral boys and a wife of a musician. And so we live a very artistic life. And so everything is really definitely about like creative flow. Um, I've always been fascinated with getting to the core of the problem and amplifying freedom and connection and basically every avenue of my life and other people's lives. And so that's gone on, you know, that started out with horses and then it's kind of like gone into humans. And I was a, am a former professional athlete with the horses. And, you know, it's like you get into this, like the nitty gritty, let's, take over the world and get all the trophies and the ribbons. And, you know, for my husband, it was doing the shows and doing all the big things. And then, you know, when you get into that life, there's always that little piece where you're like, but what's missing and like trying to find the connection and trying to find like, how do we heal the root of things to really get the message across? And it's just been really a cool journey. So currently my business is I'm a licensed massage therapist for both horses and humans, as well as an energy healer. And I still coach and I still teach. And that also translates into doing a lot of private like mindset and business coaching for women, especially. Um, And then lately, I've been playing with my little own like home apothecary, which has been really fun. So I get to like create all these little fun um, products for my clients as well. So it's kind of all over the place, but it's all at the essence of the whole thing. It's, It's healing and connection and yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I mean, we've had these conversations, but I think what you're doing is so impactful and is needed in this world today. And a point that I wanted to touch on from what you were saying is that you had to identify in you first, like that was really the path that you took. And so when you, when you said I had to identify what was missing, holy cow, that was like, yes, that's exactly what this journey looks like is you get to a point where the the fulfillment isn't in the things and you just feel this sense of emptiness and ache Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. for you what did you feel like was missing in your life that you found through these healing arts and techniques i mean i think it it has changed based off of what it was so like the big one i think my primary focus hasn't always well be um with horses 
and so for that one, for instance, like I used to, so I competed and it was always about like the big stuff. And then I, I kind of stopped competing a little bit as a mother and just, cause it's just a lot of on the, sh on the road stuff. And so I yeah. just started teaching and I love teaching. And so I would teach and I would train and there was something that was missing between the relationship between the horses and the riders. And there was something that was missing, you know, with our bodies, we would tell their bodies to do these things and we would train for these movements, but they, we never looked at why they couldn't or why they weren't naturally doing it. We just, you know, like here's more exercises to do it and here's more training tools to do it. And here's all of these things, but we never actually got to the core root of why they didn't naturally want to do it. Mm. And so I just felt that intuitive, like something is missing and we're, you know, I'm doing something wrong and I'm, I'm hurting them. Not by like, <clears throat> that sounds really dramatic, isn't it? <laughs> but, but it is, it just, I just felt this, like, there's something not right. Like I'm doing more damage than good until I figure this out. And so I quit teaching and coaching and training altogether in the horse industry. And this was like, this has been my number one thing since I could walk really. It's, it's, if you had to pick an identity, it'd probably be that. Um, but I quit and I was like, I can't, you know, I, I got to figure out what this is. And so I decided to look more into the body. And so I went back to school for body work for horses and for humans. And I've been really diving into, you know, how, you know, what the fascia is and how we store and that and then that translated into how we store trauma in our bodies, like on a physical level, and then how and then that translates into mindset. And like, even though we heal something, we don't know that we heal it. So we have to really work with our body to teach it that it can do the things now. And it's like it turned into this like rabbit trail of healing that then, you know, really breaks it down to again, at the core essence, when we're trying to get the horse or we're trying to get the rider to do this movement looking at it as a symptom of what needs to be healed and what needs to still be connected versus what's wrong with you and why can't you do why aren't you doing it and it's just it's just a very it's it seems like a really small shift in the questioning that you're the question that you're asking but it's huge and it just really translates into like every aspect of your life and so that's been that's been like the most pivotal thing for me. And so ever since doing that and realizing that there is a better way of doing things, if we just ask a different question and come at it from a different energy, it just, it shifts everything. So. Oh, it really is. And I love what you shared about that because the way you're saying it is you're taking out the shame from it. It's not like, yeah. why can't you do this? And why are you so terrible at this or pushing beyond those limits? It's tuning into the, yes. into the mind, tuning into the soul and yes, getting to those core places and, you know, in the work I do too, that's exactly in alignment of, it's not about the shame of why you can't or why you're in this place. It's how can we help your body? How can we help your mind? How can we help your soul? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That conversation. And so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the thing that's been really pivotal to me, and I think it's the, it's the hardest thing for me to translate, but it's also what makes it um, really the most beautiful of the work is that so like for horses, for instance, they can't, they don't speak like we do, you know, yeah. they can't be like, Hey, this specific spot in my neck hurts. And this is why I can't bend this way. They can't say it. And so it translates into, so most of the time, so their default is to go into compensatory movements or compensatory behavior. And you know, then that takes an effect on their behavior. It takes effect on their capacity. It takes effect on their health. And so we see the same things that we deal with. And here we are in all of our privilege where we can use our voice, but we're not taught that we can. And so learning to tune into this 
you know, quote unquote, nonverbal animal and still being able to hear what they're saying and then taking that over to the humans and trying to teach them to do that. People call it like soul speak, but it's like, how do you, how do we pick up on these little things that we're missing instead of just, again, being run by um, results driven or shame or guilt and things like that? How do we shift that? And it's just a really, really beautiful dynamic to play between, between the verbal and the nonverbal, I guess. Yeah. Because it's all the same language. It's just not outspoken. And I I think that's such a cool combination there. I used to work at a treatment center and they did equine therapy and it was so fascinating to me. It was the first time I'd ever been around a horse other than when I was a little tiny girl playing with my friends, you know? Yeah. It was so fascinating to see how the behaviors that the horse was going through, the behavior that the girl was going through, how they would just line up. And when they could work together, that healing was so strong for both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it is, there is nothing quite like it, I think. Would you recommend that like every household just have a horse so they can <laughs> work out all their stuff? Um, maybe, maybe not quite like that. I would definitely recommend that everybody, if they're having a hard time, that they reach out to somebody that is trained in that kind of an equine therapy. I think that that's beautiful. You know, even my son went through my oldest son went through kind of like some anchor management things after my divorce and I bought him a pony actually which is really funny so he had his very own pony and I very specifically and this is again this is like I'm a trained professional in this right but so I I bought him this pony who's very snarky and she's a mare and she's not all the way she's trained in that you can get on her back but she doesn't have much education other than that And so the deal was that my son was going to train this pony. He was going to have her for two years until he outgrew her. He was going to train her and then give her back to the people so that she would be ready for the grandbaby. And ponies don't take um, anger and they don't take, like they just don't put up with things. And she was a female, a mare on top of that. And women, we just don't, you know, we don't take things very well either like that. And so when my son would unleash his temper tantrums on this pony, she would put him in his place, man. She would buck him off. She wouldn't let her catch him. If he came out to catch her and she, he wasn't in a good mood and he wasn't in a nice, good receiving quiet energy. She would never, he could never catch her. Oh and it goodness. was really funny. So this pony taught him through just their relationship. She taught him how to get a grip on his anger more than any other thing I've ever known, because it's just like, well, you know, you have to play nicer. I will book you up or I will bite you or you can't catch me or, you know, all of these things are just really, really beautiful and fascinating to watch. And then the second you shift that within yourself and you get out of that ego mind and you kind of get back into like a heart centered horses just melt into that. They love that they read energy. And so, yeah, I totally recommend that anybody that's dealing with stuff, like go and be around somebody that has that and get that. Because you don't get as offended as when a human is telling you, like, hey, you have a bad attitude right now. You need to shift it. If you go out and you can't catch your pony because you have a bad attitude, you shift it real quick. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I I love that. I think that it would be totally needed. And I think my my own child could benefit from that. So I love yeah. this conversation. <laughs> It's super fun. It's great for girls for like building, you know, if you have or not, I mean, not just girls, but it's good for kids for building confidence too, because if you have the confidence of playing with your own body language and being able to move around and work with a 1200 pound nonverbal animal, I mean, that's pretty, I know for me, like being raised like that, like that's half of where I feel like humans don't really intimidate me because I'm like, well, come on. Like, I mean, I've handled this giant animal my whole life. Like you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I could totally see that. So you've had to overcome a lot of your own challenges and I love the way that you just show up and you just deal with it, right? Like you don't always let yourself get caught up in that ego negativity cycle that you're, you're dealing with, with it. And so um, you have this really big just perspective and dedication to healing through all the things that you go through. So would you please share with us what are some of the challenges that you've had to face and how come you didn't give up in them? Oh, um, I, (laughs) there's too many to count. (laughs) Um, I think if I had to narrow down like my top three biggest challenges, um, the first one, and I think that this is like, all of us can relate to this one, just, you know, tweaking the specifics of it. But so one of the biggest ones is, you know, overcoming childhood trauma and how that translates into being an adult and all of the, and I mean, I'm still doing it. I will probably be working with that my entire life, but my specific one was being, you know, I was in and out of foster care. I was raised by addicts. I was on the streets quite a bit. And so I, I was raised in a very scarcity mindset and in a, like lots of feelings of unworthiness. And I attracted a lot of narcissists abuse and I was raised really being heavily gaslit and so my own version of my identity and my truth was really 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 hard for me to find um because I was lied to like my entire life it was nuts and so I constantly questioned myself and that has been has been and will continue to be an ongoing um work I think really yeah and after that probably my divorce was a really huge challenge to face and to overcome because, you know, you're dealing with just nonstop shame and guilt. You have nonstop, you know, feelings of unworthiness and, you know, whether or not I'm doing the right thing by my kids and how I'm going to function. And then again, you know, hitting rock bottom financially and then trying to make my way back by myself instead of having that support team of another human, whether or not it was an abusive one or not, it was still another human that was bringing in money and comfort and thing. you know what I mean? And so like, that's really, that was a really hard one. Um, And then working, and then lastly, working with my autoimmune, learning basically that everything that I thought I knew about how my body should show up for me had to drastically shift into how I have to show up for her instead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So those are like my top three, I think, that I've like really is just an ongoing conversation. The other ones are like, you know, they were gnarly, but it's like you kind of have it and you don't. But as far as why I didn't give up, I, I mean, every time people ask me that, my immediate kickback thought is that I didn't really realize I had a choice to give up like Mm. I didn't I don't know that that's an option for me um and I don't I'm assuming that that's just kind of how I'm wired I know some people are wired differently mine is just like I just there was no other option than to keep going and then especially once I became a mom like you really don't have an option like that is like that is your your protective your mama bear your I have to figure this out I can't put my childhood trauma on my kids I can't let this divorce mess with my kids. They need to know that they were loved and they were not a mistake and try to figure out how to do this as healthy as possible. You know, I, I was a professional athlete and my body just failed. You know, I mean, it was like, that was, that was the worst thing that I think I've ever gone through as on terms of like an ego trip. Like I couldn't, I couldn't ride horses anymore. Like I went through the first couple of years were awful because they were putting me on meds that my body wouldn't respond well to. And it was making me worse. And 
everything in me was shutting down. And that was like, if I was going to give up, it was going to be in that one, but I was Mm -hmm. a parent. And so it was just like, okay, well, how do I figure this out? And I remember one of my best friends was a big fitness trainer and he sat me down and he said, well, the way I see it is that your body is failing you because you have these horrible pain flares. And then it just runs you out and you're so exhausted all the time that you can't after, after I would have a flare up for a day or two, like I would be so exhausted. I would, I like couldn't function for the whole week. It was terrible. Right. I can and relate so, to that. Right. And it's just like, well, what's the point? You know, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't even know what to do. And so, you know, my friend being this like big, huge male bodybuilder, he's like, well, this is your life now and you need to decide what you're going to do with it. And he's like, if you're not going to get better, then you might as well train for what you have. So let's get you into like a cardio workout program so you can train your body to be stronger so that when you have these horrible pain flare ups, it doesn't knock you on your ass as much as it did before. And I was like, I went through about a two week temper tantrum after he said it. (laughs) (laughs) Rightly so. (laughs) Right. And then I showed up at the gym one day with him and I was like, all right, let's do this. And I was like, I feel like hell, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he's like, we're just going to slowly build your body up to getting stronger. And we're going to change what you eat. We're going to change the way that you respond to things. And we're going to get you off of the medication that's clearly just making you sicker. And we're going to try to figure out how to handle this on its own the best way that you can. And we're going to just manage your symptoms. That's just all you're going to do is you're going to manage your symptoms. And that, you know, again, that translates back to how I do my work now, too, when I am teaching a lesson or when I'm coaching somebody or when I'm looking at a horse. It's like, what are the symptoms and how can we just make those better? It's not ever about the person. It's not ever about the story. It's just, what do you have to work with? How can we support you better in that right now where you are? I love, love, love that because I think people get lost in their story and it's been a real trigger point for me too lately because you know, I'm like you, I've, I've had those health challenges and things that are meant to tear me down. And then I've, I've been lost in my story, you know, like I have mono, I have endometriosis, I have X, Y, Z, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. I can understand getting stuck in that story, but like, I'm so over it. And so when people just whine to me about like why their life is horrible, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, It's like, yeah, okay, but it's also what you, like, this is what you have to work with. So how can we make this better? How can we grow your capacity around these things? Yes, yes, yes. That's all we can do. Or or you can grow the capacity. And I, and I have, I've never, I've very, I don't think I've ever actually spoken unless I'm talking to, this is, it's, (laughs) I'm not quite sure how to explain this without sounding, because it's like, there's a fine line here between like the toxic positivity and like the fake making sure everything is okay. And then not shedding light on like not giving power to something you're going through. Like those are two very different things, but there's a very fine line between the two, right? Yes. So with the exception of when I am talking to really close friends about what I'm going through personally in the moment, like, dude, there's days where I wake up and I'm like, my whole body's swollen and I can't function and I have to cancel all of my clients and I whine about it. And I, you know, I call my best friend and I'm like, God, I hate this. Like this sucks so bad, you know, cause you got to bleed off the poison to somebody or my yeah. husband, you know, I tell him and we talk about it, but I don't ever share with the public that day what I'm going through. It's usually like, I think, Last week I was like crippled with migraines and I was just completely dysfunctional for about a whole week. And halfway through it, I kind of did a post about it and I let people know, Hey, I'm like really processing through something, but I feel 
And it's like, yes, I'm, I'm processing through this and I'm having all these health things and it's really frustrating. And I'm so grateful that I know about all these other tools. Like my mom dealt with crippling migraines and that's what got her onto her narcotic addiction. And that's what led her down the path of destruction that ultimately killed her. Right. Like that's what happened to my mom. Yeah. I have crippling migraines and I know about body work and I know about Cairo and I know about diet change and I know about holistic things and I know about flower essences and I know about all of these different ways of handling my body instead of just blindly trusting a physician that's handing me pills like Tic Tacs. Right. So Yes, I'm struggling and I'm so grateful that I have these other avenues and that's what I'm focusing on and that's what I'm shedding the light on and that's what I'm giving power to because I know that even though when I wrote that, I was still dealing with a bad headache and I was still struggling with whatever energetic things I was going. And that was the other thing. I was going through like this huge energetic change and I knew that. And that's one of my symptoms that when I'm breaking through something, I, my whole body is like, <laughs> like I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Come on, honey. You know, um, if we could hibernate for a week, so you could baby, I'd do it, but we can't. So yeah. keep going. Yeah. You know? But, I, but I'm aware of that. Right. And I think back at my poor mama and being like, she didn't know she didn't have any of these tools. She didn't have any of that. And how cool is that? And like giving life people like, Hey, I know you're struggling. I know we're going through this. There are so many other ways to better support your body and do this. And it's like, never get stuck in the story. When you get stuck in that, like the people that post and be like, oh, it's just the same shit every day. And it's blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, yeah. And make a different yes. choice. That <laughs> and, oh, that and. You know, <laughs> so it's hard. And I, and I know that you'll appreciate the difficulty it is too. It's like on one level, I love everybody and I want to hold space for them so much. And I cannot hold, I cannot sit and hold space for somebody that is just consistently unwilling to choose to at least think about maybe the possibility of at some point it getting better. Yes. You know, yes. it doesn't have I to be how you said that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of things, but like it, there's gotta be like a little seed there that says maybe, maybe we could try this other thing. When you're hell bent and you're in that tailspin, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And there are amazing coaches and therapists that are good for people that are in that space. I know that I am not one of them. And I know that I'm not one of them because I am not wired that way. And so I don't know how to show up and support somebody in that. Right. And that's oh, the yeah. other really important thing is that understanding what your what your limitations are and what the things that you are good at and the things that your experiences bring to the table versus others. Like I know that I'm not, so I won't. No, no, me too. I, I will listen and I'm like, okay, and now we got to do this (laughs) Yeah. or I'll cut you off and be like, okay, you're going to self-destructive mode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of this is like people losing their power, right? They're not, they're not standing Mm -hmm. in their truth. They're not willing to see the gifts and things that they have. And so I want to talk a little bit more about this. What are ways that you're seeing women like right now in 2020, just giving up their power? Oh, I have a really unpopular opinion about this one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love it. I guess I shouldn't say it's an unpopular opinion. It's probably well known, but it's not something that many people talk about. Um, And I am guilty of this. And it's something that it's a really, really, really touchy subject because it's like everybody's shadow mirror. Like, Shh, don't talk about it. Yes, um, right. <laughs> it is the inherent, and it is more. I, th- I, I, 
hesitate to say that it's more prevalent in white women, but it really is. Um, it is the choice to choose privilege and comfort instead of what is doing right for them. Mm, I think the number one way that I really see women as a whole giving up their power is through that comfort. Like we stay in these really long-term abusive relationships, be it with our parents or our lovers or our workplace, or I mean, pick one, like we stay in this really long-term abusive relationship because we're too afraid of the part-time discomfort that comes from leaving them in isolation. Yeah. Um, Women have been trained for the last however many hundreds, maybe a couple past that of years of like, well, we need to have this comfort of, you know, we'll put up with the patriarchal bullshit and we'll put up with the, you know, the men not necessarily treating us right. And we'll put up with this and we'll put up with the cheating and we'll put up with our parents being too controlling because it means they're still paying our bills or we'll put up with this terrible workplace because it's going to be way too scary to pinch pennies and be unemployed while we're finding something different. Or it's, there's always a choice. Like I had a client a couple of weeks ago who came and her, she's living, she's in her twenties, mid twenties. Um, which I don't ever wish on everybody. I think all of us hated it when we were in our twenties. Like right, it was yeah. a terrible time. <laughs> um, but her, she's living with her parents out of choice because it's easier because she doesn't have to pay rent and she doesn't have to pay for food and she doesn't have to do any of these things. And she's just, she's working on it. She's starting her own business and money's a little bit tight right now. And that's just really the easiest option for her. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. And then she starts talking about like, she doesn't have any privacy. She doesn't feel safe in her own environment. She, her, you know, her mom and her have a really toxic relationship. She doesn't have any real freedom, even though she's an adult. She, it's like, there's all of these things that are really, she's really struggling with at home. It's bleeding over into her business. It's bleeding over into her romantic life. It's bleeding over all these things. And the very simple answer is just to move out. Right. Right. I'm like, yeah. just move out. And she was like, well, I can't just move out. She's like, because then I'm going to have to like come up with this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, she has a really nice truck. And I was like, well, technically you could sleep in your truck. And like the look on her face when I said that was oh, like, I could only you imagine. lost your goddamn mind. Oh, it was hysterical. And I, I wasn't kidding at all. Yeah. I was like, I've slept in my truck before. I yeah. said, I've left abusive relationships and literally like slept at, like, that's what I did for like a month. <laughs> I'm like, you could do that. I said, do you have another friend that you could move into? Do you have a girlfriend that maybe you could like couch up for a little while? Like I there was another time in my life where I think I couch hopped between 12 different friends. So like we didn't all get sick of each other, but it was like this week I'm with this one and this week I'm with this one. And this is just what we did. And I traded housekeeping or booking or, you know, like you do other things. And I was like, and I basically, I just kept giving her all of these other options that she had versus staying with her parents. And she just sat there and looked at me and she's like, but it's just so much easier to stay here. And I said, yeah, it is. And that if that if that is what you translate as easy, I don't translate that as easy. I translate like that's that would be the death of me. Right. Right. And again, this is different for how we're wired is that I don't I fundamentally I think I mean, I was I was what, like three weeks old and I had a really horrible heart. So my my like attachment style isn't really like I don't remember what it was. I should have to it's like avoidant. I have like the dismissive avoidant attachment yeah. style. It's terrible, by the way. Um, yep, it is. But it's true. But it's because of how I was raised. And I was like thrown in ICU and I died a couple of times. And they brought me back. I've been pissed ever since. But it's like, you know, I've been self-sufficient and I've, I've, I don't have that like addiction to comfort that most people do. Mm-hmm. 
which makes me a really good coach, A, because I can give you all of these other options and why it would work out really well because most people won't think of these things. But it also is really difficult because I don't understand why people would choose discomfort necessarily over that. I did it with my marriage for a little while. I stuck with it because, again, as a parent, I was trying to figure out, thankfully, he left. I don't know that I ever would have, A, because of the shame and guilt of leaving a marriage. And then, B, I was so terrified of the financial toll that it would take on my kids. But it was like, it wasn't really ever about me. And I like, wouldn't get to go shopping as much. It was just like, fuck, I don't want my kids to struggle that much. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to work three jobs to pay their bills and never see them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's really hard. But in hindsight, even though he left and we got forced into that and it was uncomfortable and I didn't get to see him as much. And we had these hard times flash forward. I'm only six years out of that. That's really not that long of a time. And I have a huge, wonderful, fulfilling business that I get to be home with my babies. COVID didn't affect us at all. Right. Like at all. I've, and, and, and it's all because of choice and being okay with pushing through that discomfort. And I know that's a really long drawn out answer to your question, but that is, that is what I see is I see women giving away their power in trade for comfort. Yes. And that's, that's the heart of it. And I love how you answered it. I think you nailed it right on the head. Is it, is that absolute trade right there? So Mm -hmm. I love that you brought that up and that you were vulnerable enough with us to go to that and, and speak truth to that because yeah, some people might be really turned off to it, but I know that it's a message that we as women need to hear that we don't need to keep buying into that cycle and doing that. So The other, there's like one little caveat I'm going to throw on that is that even if, so my client stayed choosing to live with her parents for a while and I could tell like halfway through that conversation that there was no way she was going to choose the discomfort over that, right? Like there was no way. And I was like, okay, I see this. The one caveat that I'll throw is that something in her shifted because even though she chose to stay with her parents, she and it wasn't and it wasn't comfortable and it was still all of these things it was like she understood for the first time ever that it was a choice that she had right so even though you're choosing to stay in something that maybe isn't the best for you and isn't necessarily the best steps for a b and c and you're trading this you know comfort for whatever you're still understanding that you do in fact have a choice in the matter gives you a little bit more of your power back. Right. Yes. Yes. It totally so that was does. a big one. So if, so when you come across those people or if, you know, your listeners are listening and they're just, you know, and they're in, they're stuck in a terrible marriage and there's like, there's no way, there's no way that I'm going to go and work three jobs and leave my babies. That's fine. Stay in the marriage, stay and do those things. Like that's fine. Understand that that is your choice that you are doing and that there is power in the fact that you are, you have the privilege to choose that. And that is beautiful. Oh, it is so, so beautiful. And that leads into, you know, stepping in and owning that power and owning who you are as a person. And so for you, what are three tips that you can leave us with about just like stepping into your power, stepping into your gifts and just like showing up in the world as you are? I think the best one for stepping into your power would be understanding your choices 
for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think that really is the number one thing is like kind of taking a whole look at your life and being like, how, what, where am I and what choices did I make to get here? What choices can I make to potentially go elsewhere? Why am I choosing to do this instead? And understanding that everything is a choice is a really big one. Um, in terms of like following their gifts and doing those things, I would say also is that it's always safe to follow your heart. I really fundamentally believe that the desires of our heart are there to take us towards our gifts and take us towards our power and take us towards those things. Um, and I don't mean like, I really wanted, I've, I've been wanting this purse for like three years. I like that. Like not, not like a desire like that, but like, right. you know, like I've, I've always wanted to work with horses and I've always been involved in some kind of a healing thing. And I've always, there's always that little nudge that you've had probably since you were a kid that's been like, Hey, always been really interested in this and just like really, really following through with that. And sometimes that means trying out a hundred things. Sometimes that means trying out, you know, a hundred different ways to do the same thing, but just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep trying, keep exploring till you find the right fit. You know, I, I think that your power and your intuition and your gifts are the most sacred things that you will ever have and that it should be protected and it should be held safe. And if you are not safe to, you know, talk about them and talk about ways that you are finding power in with somebody, then keep it to yourself for a little while, journal it, get a really good, a good foundation around it. Um, when I'm working through things or when I'm working on an up level or a rebrand in my business or something that I'm doing, I, if I talk about it to anybody, I maybe talk about it to two people until after it's already launched and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is to protect my power. And that is because I was heavily gaslit my entire life. And so I have to be very, very, very careful that I am not being privy to other people's opinions because it's really easy to, not so much anymore, but it has, it has historically been very easy to mess with my head and tell me that what I'm doing is not going to work. So I, those would be the big ones. I love that. And I was listening to Gary V last night and he was kind of sharing. Some- I love him so much. <laughs> I'm glad you do. Maybe that was why I was listening to him was because we were just like in tune with our energy. Yeah. But he was saying that he was saying that it's so important as you are stepping into your power and doing, you know, what you're called to do, that it's so important to have that big vision and just go for it and shut yeah. out all the other voices. Like, yeah. Those opinions do not matter. Like when you follow your heart and you're in alignment there, things are going to explode for you in ways that you don't even imagine. Right. hundred percent. And it, you know, and, and knowing your limitations and knowing things about yourself, like for me, knowing that I can't often share things because I don't want to get ways. Oh my gosh. I would have like 5,000. I always have 5,000 different things in the fire. Like that's just me always all the time. And people used to know about all of the different things that I was doing at the same time. And they'd be like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Like, this is taking a toll. This is and it's like, maybe they were right on some level. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able, I would never have been able to put them all together. Because there is that little piece between all of the different things that you're doing, even if it looks completely unrelated to everybody else. Something inside of you is like, no, there is something about all of these different things. And then you get to narrow it down and narrow it down and narrow it down until you find that connection. And like, it's so fun. It's like playing with a puzzle all the time. It really is. Yes. And it is so, so, so incredibly fun. Is there anything else that you would like to share or any advice about just stepping into who you are and 
letting go of those negative voices, whether they're your own or other people's or just, I know this is like a large question, but just like anything in general, any other advice or things, I just feel like this has been such a fulfilling conversation and I want more. <laughs> I, I have a, well, so you'll appreciate this because I know you do a lot of chakra work too. Um, I really like to default to building through kind of like how the chakra system is laid up is basically my checklist for things. And so when you figure out what your gift is or your gift, you're playing with all of that, like, and you, it's like, you know, we have our home life and then we have this other area of our life that we're trying to dive into. And so when you're spending time with that kind of going through your checklist. And so for me, building through the chakras would be like, making sure that you are really safe in your gift, right? So you start with your root chakra and so like mm-hmm. you're really, really, really safe with your gift. So you're not necessarily sharing it before it's ready or to people that are going to hurt it. You're making sure that everything about it and you feel safe and secure. And you're also really, really trusting and leaning into whatever spiritual connection you do, whether that's God, spirit, angels, universe, but really honing in on a spiritual connection that is outside of humans because humans will always fail you. Mm-hmm. Not that they're bad. They will just fail. Like that is, that is life. So if you, the core essence of your gift is built around making sure that you and it are safe and that you are really committed to having that spiritual connection with something outside of humans, that's going to be number one. Um, playing with your creative flow and giving yourself permission to experience pleasure and to hold boundaries and then giving yourself permission to really trust your intuition and doing little daily practices of those things every single day, whether that's experience of pleasure is, you know, having a nice hot cup of coffee or putting on a robe that feels really good. And, you know, thinking about any little time that your intuition has worked, there's little games that you can play about it too. Um, yeah. But just playing, but playing around with it. And then moving up through your heart chakra and making sure that everything that you're doing with your gift is heart based, especially as women, we have, we care more about serving than we care about um, doing things for ourselves most of the time. And every time we have a gift, it tends to be for the betterment of others. So kind of finding that space in your heart chakra where it's like, all right, so I've done all of these things and then checking in and being like, is what I'm doing really for the love and the service of other people and the good of everybody. And then when you go to speak to it, speaking to it from that place right and so you're moving up all the way from your root chakra through your throat chakra and then literally like once you speak that into existence like everything else just flows it's It's so so cool it's like the coolest thing ever I love that and I love that you mentioned that because I think so many times it gets stuck in that root chakra of not feeling that safety and so then you go to speak about it but then you don't feel secure in it and so everything jumbled (laughs) yep Yeah, 100%. Oh, that is such golden Uh advice. So, wow. Today's conversation has just been incredible, fulfilling for me. And I am just so grateful Mm -hmm. that you have been on today. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. It's been, it's been a super honor. I have one last thing that I would love to touch on as specifically as women. Please do. Um, And this came through last night, actually, when you said, like, we're talking about stuff and I was like, what is something I was praying about it? And I was like, what is something that like women really need to hear? And it's something, especially through 2020 and all the crap that we've been through and going into next year. And what came up with self care. Mm. And obviously like, this is like a really like a hot button and it's like a big word and everybody talks about self care, 
But one of the things that came through specifically, and it really genuinely knocked me on my ass, and I, I am, I am currently sitting. This is something I'm currently chewing on right now. <laughs> is that self care will always be made a priority, whether we consciously choose it or not. Mm. And what that came up as is, if you do not make self care a priority, meaning you do not like all of the little, you know, the thoughts and the concerns, the limiting beliefs that come up genuinely handling those genuinely taking care of your body genuinely taking care of your relationships actually doing that true self-care if you do not do that it will do it subconsciously you will burn out your body will fail you you will self-sabotage all of these things will happen and all of that all of those things that happen are symptoms of self-care essentially like self-care will always be made a priority whether you choose it or not so you may as well choose it and have some boundaries and conversations around what it looks like so your body doesn't do it for you and your subconscious does not do it for you I love that that came through for you because I experienced that in real life in my workshop I actually was just talking about this because I truly believe that I created mono within my system And because I did not listen, because I did not do those things I was intuitively told to do, it happened for me and my body took care of it. And still three years later, I have repercussions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I've said similar things about my lupus because I was thinking about it and I had shut down so many things. So many things came up in my relationships. I was just constantly... That's, that's just what it was. I just constantly shut myself down. Every time something came up, I was like, nah, it's not real. It's fine. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to, you know, comfort, comfort, comfort. And I'm going to listen to all of these things that aren't real and just flat disassociate away from everything that was intuitively and physically coming through to me. And I just shut it all down. And then, and then I got hit with this thing and it was like, my body was like, you listening now? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear me now? Like, okay, Did we wake you up here. enough? <laughs> Ah, so frustrating, (laughs) but it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. And so that's, yeah, that's going to be the highlight of my journaling prompts, I think for the next few months, but. Oh, and I can't wait to dive into more of that too. And I hope as you were listening to this, that you take that to heart and you take this time to have that self-care, to journal out what you need to do and step in to that power, because that is where your life will change. It's not in all of the supplements or all those things, like mind you, those can help, but it starts at your core mm-hmm. and then 100%. works its way out. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Where can we go find you? Because I know that everyone is going to want to follow you and get to know you more. <laughs> where can we connect um, with you? The Facebooks is the easiest one currently. Um, just look me up, Leslie Lani. It's Leslie Lani uh, Lazarus now, but if you type in Leslie Lani, you'll see me. Um, so follow me on there. I have a website, www.wildmagicllc.com. That's my business. Um, that's going to be going through a revamp at some point. I'm probably going to do some kind of a group. I don't know what that's going to look like, but the best way to do it is probably through Facebook. Honestly, right now there's an Instagram too. I'm really bad about it, (laughs) but it's there. We all have our places where we show up the most and we just it and and do it. So (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Do oh. it. Do what you feel like doing always. It's okay. Yep, it's totally 100% okay. 
Oh, well, thank you again for being on here today. Please go give her a follow. Say hello to her. Just be like, I listened to the podcast. It changed my life. <laughs> go I give appreciate her a you follow. so much. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for being on here today. It was very magical. It was my pleasure. Always. Thank Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you for listening today. I hope that you take to heart what Celeste has shared with you. Ponder on all the thoughts and aha moments that you created from this and then take action from it. Let this podcast be the day that you start to take action and move forward in your life from those impressions that you received and go out there and make today great.